0: Take a swig. It's almost that time. Yeah man, suite. Suite podcast, yeah, man. The Swig Podcast, man. We got to tune in. Hey, man, let me grab this beer right quick, yeah. man. Yeah, let me get my drink ready. Yeah, man. Don't shoot, man. They be talking about all types of oh. the man. The lagers, the man. Man, some beers I ain't never even heard of on there. Hey, we about to learn about them, yeah. though, too. Yeah. Let's do this. What's up, world? It's your boy, the Bearded Brother.
1: And Shani Hadia, the marvelous gift in the building. Uh,
0: beautiful beer drinkers how you feeling
1: yeah man i'm feeling i'm feeling pretty good personally you said you call, you know i'm a beautiful beer drinker you know <laughs> so,
0: drink beer you're automatically beautiful
1: so. those are called beer goggles i think <laughs> hey. i think that's what i think that's i didn't what call them that <laughs> <laughs> it sounds it sounds, I said it, I said. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds cute man um so we have a really cool episode. You know, we had to do something for Women's History Month. Uh, Got to rep the ladies in the building. And I'm just um excited to bring on our guest because, I mean, these are ladies in the industry doing some stuff. And I'm proud when women are, um, are representing personally. You know, turn up one time. Okay, whoop, whoop. Okay. But anyway... <laughs> We have Blair Turner Aikens from Turner House Brewing out of Chicago and Alicia Dowling out of uh Nashville with the Black Abbey. So oh, no
0: Brewing, go Belmont. Yeah. Brewing basketball just upset yes. me, So just want to do sh- a huge shout out to those girls kicking ass today and getting
1: you that did. historical yeah, you did. okay. win. I didn't so, see. You I saw I you say that you went. That you, uh, I saw your story, but I didn't. I didn't
0: see the game. I, I didn't get a chance to. I got caught up at work, but I saw the highlights. And that's important. A beautiful thing. So it's a big historic win. I think it's the first win in Belmont women's basketball history in the NCAA tournament. Been about five times, couldn't get it done. So it's just like a perfectly time for Women's Month for this. Okay. big Historical moment for them.
1: Yeah, you was uh, repping. Uh, What's you mascot? Bruins. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Belmont yeah, Bruins. I see the bees, you know.
0: Yeah. <laughs> we love alliteration.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I want to start drinking. Oh, so yeah. I'm gonna open, go ahead and crack my beer open, and then we'll go around and you know, say what we're drinking here. Kramer and I are um, apart again. Personally, we had a pretty long weekend. I think, um, at least yes. I did.
0: Fulfilling weekend, very uh, fulfilling. I won't call it long.
1: But call it we can go with fulfilling. Um, I went. I had a beer on Saturday, just kind of going out. Finally, made it out to Yazoo after I put out this uh, article for uh, my blog. And people were like about the patios, best patios and, you know, in Nashville at the breweries. They were like, I'm surprised Yazoo wasn't on there. I'm like, "Okay, I did. I've seen Yazoo's patio because I went to pick up beer, but I haven't actually hung on their patio. And then when I went to their site, they had no pictures. So I'm like, I can't really include you if you're not even representing your patio. But I went and it's really nice, really relaxing. I
0: appreciate you actually like putting things you experience rather than just saying something about yeah. just because they have one you just like oh I gotta say something no you're like I've been here I've enjoyed these so therefore the ones I've been to I'm going to write
1: yeah yeah so we are starting off with um Black Abbey Tenebrae this is a beer. And that's really all I'm going to say about it, because Alicia is the mastermind behind this delicious beer.
0: Yeah, we got the woman, the myth, the legend Yeah, on the podcast right now.
1: Now, this is her first beer that has been canned and left the tap room um, for production and not just, you know, left the tap room because of goddamn pandemic has changed the whole way we have operated. So tell us a little bit um, about this beer, Alicia. Yeah, well, it's I'm sorry. Let me start back with tell me a little bit about yourself and then we'll talk a little bit more about the beer. Let, I think, you know, people need to at least hear who you are and what you represent first.
2: <laughs> Man, that's starting off with a big question. Uh, who am I? Uh, so I'm Alicia. I grew up uh, in, just outside of Knoxville, Tennessee. Um, moved here back in 2010 to go to Belmont, like Kramer. Um, we were both there at Belmont around the same time. Um, got my got my bachelor's. Was going to go to grad school, and like most people in the world, with the best of plans, that didn't happen. Um, yeah. So I ended up just kind of. Fallen into working at a liquor store just to make some money, and that's where I kind of founded found the craft beer and started home brewing, and just never really looked back. Um, What is your assistant brewer? Yeah,
1: what's your degree in? I mean, to cut you. What's your degree in?
2: I'm just. Um. So my degree is in medical physics. Okay. Um, All right. Kids don't don't get a. Don't get a physics degree from a liberal arts college, kids. It's it's not going to get you anywhere. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah. So my,
2: my plan was to go to Vanderbilt uh, for grad school for the same program and uh, do a bunch of like high-tech imaging for uh, radiation therapies and things like that. And
3: okay.
2: I would have hated it. I would have absolutely hated it. It would have been sitting in a basement in a hospital looking at a computer monitor all day. And I, I find that I'm much better when I am moving around and interacting with people. Yeah, so. knowing
1: you, I could not see that. in. No. I couldn't see. So tell me, okay, no. now you can tell me about the beer.
4: <laughs>
1: All right. So it was, so it was funny.
2: You mentioned the pandemic, and that's kind of what this beer came out of, was with the pandemic, everything kind of slowed down. And we had finally had empty tanks for first time since I've worked here. And uh, I had this Schwartz beer recipe that I had kind of played around with on our small batch, uh, basically a homebrew system that we use for things that are particularly going to be just tempered only, just kind of a treat for our regulars to give them something different than what we usually have in market. And um, so I've been playing around with the Schwarzbier recipe and everybody on staff really loved it. And we had an empty tank and some time to uh, throw a logger in there and let it actually lager like it should for six to eight weeks. And um, yeah, and then here we are. Now it's it's out in the world, and you know, it's it's good. I'm 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 mostly happy with it.
1: <laughs> I don't think I don't think any brewers. I mean, y'all might have some that y'all definitely hit the mark on, but. Ones that the customers love, y'all be like, "Oh, I ain't even like I this one." I was just one. kidding I wasn't, with this one. That was my doing. next
0: question. It Was like, "Arbor is <laughs> always happy with their beer. Is always always like a constant retweaking of something." You're like, "Oh, I should have used CM60 instead of CM65." Wait, right. Um, and something like that, or you just like. it was
1: very that. technical on that one. <laughs> yeah.
0: You no, I would, I would say use it again in every conversation. That's that's what that was. I've learned about that grain. So I'm like, C65? I know that one. <laughs>
2: um, I mean, there might be some brewers out there that are able to like put beer out there and just be proud of it and not be like this is it. I'm I'm done. It's perfect. But I'm I feel most are not that way. Most of us are like constantly Every time the beer comes out, there is something that I'm not 100% happy with that I would want to tweak and play with. And, you know, keep moving towards that, you know, mythical, perfect. Right. Yeah. Beer that it, it's out there somewhere, but I don't think I'll ever see it. <laughs> I'll always kind of want to see different in it.
1: It's definitely a myth. Blair, what are you drinking? Tell us a little bit about yourself and tell us what you're drinking. Uh, <laughs> I'm Blair. I am
4: from, I grew up in the south suburbs of Chicago and lived around Chicago for most of my life. Um, I really got and started to get into craft beer when I was in grad school and living in Atlanta. Um, Okay. and I kind of just started exploring like the craft beer scene there and really like kind of tasting and stuff. And then coincide that. Um, I had a cousin who lives in Nashville that had um, started getting into homebrewing. So between him teaching teach me about the homebrew side and me like kind of exploring on my own, that's how I really kind of got into um, craft beer. And so with that, that same cousin of mine that's from Nashville, um, he grew up in Nashville basically his entire life and then recently moved to Chicago in the last five years and so we had jokingly talked about starting a brewery one day um, like 10 years ago now and then just like as time went on we're like no we're we're seriously want to do this and so we are in the process of starting a brewery on the south side of Chicago Um, but I am drinking a collaboration beer um gazelle that we did with tennessee brew because like i said my cousin is from um, nashville so we have a lot of collection connections in nashville i grew up spending a lot of summers in nashville okay so yeah so we partnered with the great folks over there at tennessee brew Works, and we made a ipa a hazy ipa um named gazelle so in honor of um, Wilma Rudolph, which one of her nicknames was. She's a Tennessean, and one of yeah. her nicknames was um, the Black Gazelle. And so for Tennessee Brew Works, one of the things we do is we name all of our beers after um, women in our family. And so uh, we wanted to still honor a woman of Tennessee with this collaboration with Tennessee Brew Works. So we landed on the Gazelle okay in february for black history month so it's a hazy ipa um, with a bunch of hops a lot of american hops and then we have um the waimea hop in there which is a new zealand hop that adds some nice citrusy flavor to it
1: yeah man it sounds delicious and i'm just telling the listeners um, because my weekend was so packed, I wasn't able to stop through and and pick up some of the beer. We looked it up; it just wasn't in the, in our area where um, I was hoping it was like at a small. I mean, a store close by, but uh, that's okay because we're gonna go live and taste, drink the beer. I mean, and and talk shit, you know, our same stuff. <laughs> but it's it's it was great to see that come across the screen um, you know, my IG of of just that the collaboration is happening and there was a dope event that went with it. Yeah, I mean. I didn't
0: know the event. I didn't know it was released. Someone sent me the event link. I was like, I think I had to go like out of town or something. I was able to log in the way I wanted to, but I was happy to see that uh, event popping up the way it did.
4: Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, we were really pleased for how that event went too. So we did um, a beer and jazz night virtual, but like, host filmed out of Tennessee Brew Works, um, and we did like a little <laughs> panel beforehand, and then we collaborated also with, um, uh, oh my gosh, their name's escaping yeah. me, Slim and Huskies, the
1: pizza, the black pizza
4: yep. uh, company based out of um, Nashville as well.
1: Yeah, man, Slim and Huskies is the uh, is the truth. They rep, uh,
3: yeah,
1: <laughs> <Very> <laughs> they, much. they rep the city well. It's really it was it's like really cool to have seen them start in Nashville and then you see them just popping up in different places, you know. But I'm like, nah, you got to come to the original so you can really see what it what is hidden. From I had there.
0: the original Slim and Huskies pizza what you had you just had an extension
1: (laughs) it's the original one i gotta make sure i go to that it's on um it's on buchanan street yeah yeah so buchanan is uh buchanan and jefferson are like the black the black streets (laughs) where black businesses are and buchanan is kind of the newer street where things are really um starting to pop so um it's in a good area and they have good craft beer so it's always i mean to see them bringing craft beer to the black community is is uh but you know what i say to the black community everybody being slim and huskies
0: everybody <laughs> everybody <laughs> everybody
1: <laughs> it's a black-owned business but it's definitely a business that's for everybody and um so love to see them doing well. So partnering and, and bringing craft beer to folks like that is that is where it's at. So I wanted to ask you all your thoughts on some of the um, issues that have happened. Right. Uh, you know, I'm so we have Boulevard who had um, they were called out because they were celebrating hiring a woman a uh, woman brewer, their first woman brewer, they were celebrating that. Well, in the midst of that, they got called out on just their previous practices of just being really um, sexist. And like it's just, it's like, you do, you're doing this good stuff, but you've been trashed though. Yeah. And we, um, and so I want to, I, oh, and then there's uh, um, Brew Dogs, who they allegedly or apparently I'll say they hired or fired like four women and well two women and two non-binary or definitely one yeah. non-binary three and one I believe it was
3: something like <laughs>
1: um, that yeah yeah, all on the same day and it just really wasn't a good look right and I want I would like to, to get your um your take on it.
0: Before just before we get to it but like uh get to that uh point I just got to talk about this tenebrae. This... Oh yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Go ahead hit that tenebrae.
0: Alicia, you did the damn thing on this. <laughs> like this I is would delicious.
1: absolutely agree.
0: The mall profile Same. is on point. Um I love the roastiness in it and it's like perfect for this like awkward transition of like weather. It was like it's warm it's not warm (laughs) and that's like the vibe i get from short i was like i could have this on a like at a bonfire but also i could drink this on a nice sunny day on the patio as well and get the exact same effect i need from it
2: yes no like what you said the bonfire is absolutely perfect it's kind of that weird weather where during the day it's beautiful it's warm it's you know it's nice but then the second the sun starts to go down a little bit it's like it's still nice but nice campfire (laughs) <laughs> Something to keep me warm because we're not quite there yet, where it's you know 80 degrees mm-hmm. at night. Um
1: but yeah, it's,
2: it's pretty light on the body, but lots of malt to kind of give you a nice warm hug.
1: Yeah, the caramel oh, yeah. notes definitely give me that um, the winter, a wintry vibe. But mm-hmm. then um, is light where I can drink it in warmer weather. So yeah, is it is that great transition because this this weekend I was in you know. I was out and I have on a sweatshirt and in the beginning I'm like, "Oh, I am hot, slightly sweating." That's and and then as the sun started to go down, I was thankful for my sweatshirt.
3: Yeah.
1: And that's what this beer feels like to me. It's like I'm going to drink it and then, you know, as it starts the sun starts to go down, it's like, "Oh no, I'm still enjoying this. It's still keeping me nice and toasty." Yes.
2: Definitely, definitely perfect for that. You know, Tennessee weather that can't make up its mind on whether it wants to be hot or cold. Somewhere yeah. in the middle.
0: <laughs> Not until at least May fifteenth. But <laughs> it's, like yep. it's, it's a nice little roller coaster.
4: No warmer than Chicago, so I'm a little bit jealous. <laughs> oh know. yeah, what is the temperature
1: in Chicago? What is that? What is the?
4: Today was super nice. It was like 65 and sunny, but okay. you know tomorrow i think we'll be back in the 50s so we're in that you
1: know so you feel our pain <laughs> yeah we we only we hovering in the 60s like okay. yeah 65 i guess it might get up in the 70s like when the sun is out but it go back into that you know mid to low it sun.
0: rains you say what or it rains like literally the next day it's like a perfect day next day is just storming all day like, oh That's- okay
1: yeah, that's going to be tomorrow. Right. <laughs> it actually rained so like the rest of the week. <laughs> <laughs> so Blair, what, what are your thoughts on um, on this, the situations? What I will call it. They're really
4: unfortunate and sad to hear about. But, you know, with beer being a male-dominated industry, for the most part, I hate to say it's not super surprising to hear about, but um, you know, it's just, yeah, it's just unfortunate to hear like women's and and non-binary people's struggles in the workplace because that, that shouldn't be, you know, happening. So I, I'm hoping that, you know, it, it's terrible every time one of these stories comes out. It's funny, the day that Boulevard story broke, I was actually like, drinking a bowl of our beer and had just posted them on my Instagram. And then I went to their page and I was like, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> and took
0: it, took I didn't know. I didn't know. <laughs> wait. I, had I, a, didn't know.
1: <laughs> I had a similar situation because um, we went on a, a road trip in October and Kansas City was one of our cities on the list. We went to Boulevard and had some delicious beer. And so <laughs> I had... Um, I might still have some Boulevard beer in there, but I had a beer and two beers, and I drank them like over the weekend. And I was telling my wife, I was like, I can't really post these because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because I can't be repping Boulevard right now. Like you know, not till they get their shit together. Yeah. Another thing with them is um, they did this this initial post that was like. We looked into it already. You know, there was no issue.
0: Mind your business.
1: Nah, Mm -hmm. she's just a disgruntled worker. And then all of these other women was like, wait, but wait. (laughs) And Boulevard was like, okay, so it's a bigger issue than we thought. And give us a minute. We about to try to figure this out now, which should have been their first response.
4: Right. Like, I think that's what's like really even
1: more disappointing to
4: see when someone is Complaining about something, and they just blew it off completely. Like her complaints weren't valid, and then had to come back and say, "Wait, we actually should apologize the first time when we didn't." And you
1: know, it would have just been a whole, a much better look. Yeah.
2: Right. Yeah, no, I, I thought it was uh, suspicious that you know the one that first came out with her story. You know, she posted it on Reddit, yeah. and then. Boulevard had a response within twenty four hours. And I'm like, yeah, that's strange. Why are you? Why are you, are you as a multi million dollar like multinational corporation watching Reddit feeds? Like mm-hmm. you had to have known something was going to happen to be watching the Reddit th- uh, feed oh, and then to is. immediately, that with even looking into it, say nope nope, we, we've we already done this. It's fine. Don't, just just keep going. Like, there's nothing here. I, yeah. And then I, they had. No, go ahead. Uh, yeah, you know, and after they said, no, there's no issue, then to have all the other female employees who have worked there come through going, no, you knew about this. You, you, sw- you just put it under the rug and try to pretend like it didn't happen. And we're not going to let you off yeah. on this one. And then they had to come back and make this half-hearted, oh, we messed up. Like, we didn't know we we're going to take appropriate actions. And it's just like, I, and I, I you're trying. The,
1: the person was fine. Right. It was responsible, right? Or had already been let
2: go. So the, the person had quit because um, they had been harassed. And um, they were basically trying to, like, I think, coerce her into quitting. So that way, you know, there's no unemployment or anything. I think they were basically trying to make her quit on her own account is the way that I remembered it.
1: Yeah. No, yes, that is what happened. I was, um, I was really talking about the person who was, who was sexist, who was the main, you know, they always, there's an opportunity to have a scapegoat and the person Mm -hmm. who, the main person who swept it under the rug, they were like, you know, they're no longer with the company is like, ah, good job. Like, you know, you found somebody. Congratulations. But I feel like what happened with that is they got a text message, you know, the that the Reddit, hey man, check Reddit, your name was brought up. They might pay somebody to watch it, honestly. They're big enough. Um, and you know, they had um uh, they had a text conversation between this is purely my assumption. They had a text message conversation between each other. Dude, what the F happened with uh old girl? Man, X, Y, and Z happened. We already take, took care of it. We're good. All right, bet. And then they write, wrote up this reply. There was no real conversation about what happened. And that was uh, that was a big misstep and uh, hopefully a learning lesson for a number of them. A number of breweries. like take the just take a moment because had had Boulevard said something to the effect of like, we are looking into this. Thank you for bringing it to our attention. We're looking into this. And then came, like, two to three days later with an actual action plan. Whole different response.
0: Basically, their second apology statement. If they just did that the first time, it would have been more beneficial for them, I think. I still will look at them sideways. I'm like, I guess it's just for me, like, sorry, like, what is your action behind your sorry? I got to see that for for a while, versus just you saying sorry and then be like, okay, I can work with your apology alone. Mm-hmm. But that's just how I operate as a person. Like you can say sorry, but like I won't really believe until you show you're sorry physically, versus just you telling me.
1: Yeah, so. yeah. They have to. They have to make things right and make sure they change the culture. And um, there were. um i don't know as long as that changed the culture and if the employees come out and i believe that was boulevard then they have a group of um people like put a a message out speaking you know from the employee standpoint that they all run together i just um i didn't i just remember that that might have happened with them and that will like when if your employees come together and can vouch for your company. That's going to go a longer way than your HR sending out, or you know, <laughs> sending out some kind of marketing marketing ploy. And then, and so Brew Dogs was. It's a similar situation, but I can't say that they made the the initial. No, they did make a similar misstep. I feel like in the beginning, because yeah.
0: If I'm not mistaken, They were they were, they they were, were real there. PR
1: cleanup yeah their reply was like yeah I mean it was due to performance though and then the uh, men got killed I mean got killed hope oh, no men got killed <laughs> men got men got fired at the other at other locations just not at this one that that's what they
2: said for it and no I mean they they came out and said oh it was just coincidence that the four mm-hmm. people that were fired were all part of you know the LGBTQ, um you know, family or yeah, it just happened to be a coincidence that those four were the ones that had performance issues. So this, you know, front of house employee that was still working with the company reached out to the former GM and, I believe a head chef who were both female, who both got fired in all of this, uh, you know, change of culture, as they're calling it, um, this male employee, called them to see if there was any truth to there being performance issues, if they ever had to write up, um, you know, any of these employees that got fired. And not only were they like, no, that's not the case, but um, last year they seemed to have had a, you know, a, comp- a friendly competition mm-hmm. with all of the servers and bartenders to see who could get the most like five-star reviews on Yelp mm-hmm. and Google. And uh, they sent the two winners on, like, a, a corporate uh, retreat to, like, a hotel for, like, a whole, you know, weekend getaway or something. Yeah. And the two winners were two of the women who were fired for perform- performance issues. Just, you know, six months later, they're fired. And for most of that, the brew pub itself was closed because of COVID. Yeah. Furloughed. So how and can I'm you like- have performance issues while you're furloughed?
1: I, I'm not sure. And they sent they they did like a quote unquote independent review and didn't and said they didn't find anything. So for the guy to come out and I'm glad he spoke up because that's what you right. need. You need <laughs> allies and
0: story gets so deeper now. Like I didn't even know. Yeah, I didn't story. I didn't
1: catch that part. Even looking it uh, up for this, I didn't catch that.
0: <laughs> I was like, that's that's crazy. And it's just more it's more damning than anything. Like you really can't say it was performance when there's insurmount- insurmountable evidence proving otherwise. Like, So, what's your next lie or excuse now?
1: Listen, I just um, finished my Schwartz beer, my Tenebrae. I really, really enjoy that beer. Um, yes. <laughs> it, it's giving me what I need here. So, I'm going to brew number two. Is anybody switching over? No. Nobody, no, it's just me that was done. I, I mean, still got a little
0: bit left. I got one in the fridge, but that's my big
1: body style. I'm i I'm away. <laughs> Blair, are you drinking another um another beer?
4: No, this is still my first
1: one. Oh, okay. I thought you were <laughs> I thought you were like, am. nah, wait, we got some more. So oh see, Alicia was like, I'll come, I'll come meet you. It's like I got you, Shawnee. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it.
0: I know so my I, limitations. I need to take my time right now. My body's telling me. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so I am drinking Marbits.
0: Oh, you my remember it from bed. the si- Sipping Sunday? You remember? It? I was like,
1: yeah. I was so, like, there's a
0: good chance, y'all, she might leave this at the brewery I brought it to because we weren't at the brewery. This is from another brewery, so. My heart fluttered a little bit. Thank you, Sean. I
1: was tugging it. I had it tucked in the sweatshirt because, again, I got <laughs> hot in my sweatshirt, guys. I needed to take <laughs> I had to take it off. But by the time that we were, like, ready to go, I was ready to put that sweatshirt back on, and I did. So, <laughs> but. Oh, that warms
0: my heart. You kept on to, kept your hands on it. So, I appreciate it. Well, yeah.
1: That. Yeah, I wasn't going to let this go. So, <laughs> this is a New England style IPA brewed with lactose, galaxy, Tahiki, Centennial, and Cereal Marshmallows. Yeah. Was, Kramer, was this one of their um, St. Patrick's Day releases?
0: Yeah, it was. I think they had just some left over. I had it, but I just kind of want your opinion before
1: I talk about it. Yeah, so it's fragrant. You hear me? Like when I tell you, when I cracked the can, it hit me in the nose just off rip. Ooh. It's fruit I can smell a fruitiness. Um
0: I smell like all marshmallows. I me. smell
1: a whole lot of marshmallows, but I'm getting yeah. like pineapple or uh maybe like a papaya, like a little tropicalness with it. Yeah, that's like a tropical- tinge, that's
0: a tinge of it for me, but I smell like all marshmallow.
1: Yeah, this one is definitely um
0: and you just spritz the marshmallow with like pineapple mist.
1: Okay. It is something like a melted marshmallow in your mouth. But like beer as well, you know. Um, Southern Gris just, uh, I'm, let me take another sip. I'm, I'm not sure how I feel about it yet. Like it's not necessarily bad, but I don't know how many of these I can have. It's, yeah, it's it. really just a lot on, uh, <laughs> very aromatic. So I don't even get it, like the finish, the taste, it's not necessarily sitting on my tongue. It is lingering in my nostrils. <laughs> That's where I'm getting the the flavor.
0: Oh yeah, it was just like it was too for me. It was marshmallowy. Like I was like, oh, this is too much. And you're trying to be having an IPA. It wasn't hit for me, but like I can see why people would enjoy it. It's just the thing that wasn't for me.
1: Yeah, I'm definitely. Um, I'm gonna enjoy this. I can see it. I mean, but it's like you I just can't think it's like magically delicious. That is what <laughs> comes what right. comes to mind. I don't
0: I don't want to run down a leprechaun or anything.
1: Yeah,
2: but I have marshmallows, but <laughs> hmm. Alicia, did you grab something else? I did. I grabbed something else, but Shawnee, I went a little bit different direction than you did. Okay. Um, I went. A more traditional uh, European. So I went with uh, Iinger's Bavarian Pills. Something crisp and clean. It's only about 5.3%, is what it says. Slightly hoppy. Uh, Something to clean the palate after uh, something a little bit maltier, like that Schwartz beer.
1: Okay. I can see that. That That makes a lot of sense.
0: And I'm just like, you guys being in this beer game and we just talked about how it's male dominated how do you guys keep your expression up is there are there certain women you look up to or you're just like i'm down for breaking barriers so if it's a barrier i'm kicking it down and this is a space i can do a lot of that
4: uh yeah i mean i think that i know this is a a little bit i think that i have you know, I'm always, look- I'm always looking to learn, and, you know, how I met Shani was, like, through the Roads 100 initiative, and so I just feel like all of those women that have been our mentors to that are just, like, people that I look up to because they have been awesome and, like, pouring mm-hmm. knowledge into us and just connecting us with, you know, um, other people within the industry, so I think all of those, and special shout-out to Eugenia for setting that up
1: for us right yeah that that um the road to 100 definitely brought like a lot of mentors and uh people that I wouldn't have thought about before myself so I I get that
2: and I I was really happy when I first found out about the road to 100 um because I personally had already uh gone through the Cicerone. i done the beer server and then I uh, got my certified Cicerone certification uh, about a year and a half ago now. And when I was doing it, it was, you know, me, for me, it was a way of trying to continue to um, make myself more noticeable, I guess. I was still trying to prove I deserve to take up space in the local beer community um i think i was working as a bartender at the time wanting to be a brewer and just struggling to find my opportunity um and so studying for cicerone was a way for me to try and kind of take back some control and be like look at me i i've got this certification i deserve to be here like look at me um and when i was doing it i didn't really see much of any other females out there, um, you know, making, making a mark in our local community, Mm -hmm. I guess. Um, And so even after I'd already gone through and done that to see, you know, uh, Eugenia leading up the road to 100, getting more women involved and uh, interested in beer and trying to, you know, make their own way in this male dominated community was It was awesome. I was so happy and so proud. Um, It's it's just the more the more women that continue to learn about beer, just the better the room is going to be (laughs) for women in this industry, not only as consumers but as people making the beer.
1: I will say it. You know, you mentioned getting accolades to kind of you know say this is. this is like, I'm, I deserve to be here. And it's a, I want to be honest. It's a bit frustrating because, you know, you have men who come from home brewing and all they do, they brew and now they own this whole brewery and they're respected in the home brewing community. And women don't necessarily have that same opportunity because The homebrewing space is very male dominated. So it could be um, a little toxic of sorts, maybe not necessarily intentionally, but it's not always something that you feel comfortable, you know, injecting yourself into. And so we have to get things, we have to get things uh, like the Cicerone certification to say, or we feel like we have to. We have to get those things to to be considered legit. And, you know, it's a double-edged sword because then we're some of the most knowledgeable people about beer because we're very educated. And this is not just within education. Women have the most degrees and black women have even more degrees on a collegiate level. And it's because we have to show and prove. It's like, okay, you want somebody that know what they're talking about? Well, I got a master's. What's up? And then you still don't give us a goddamn chance.
2: (laughs) No. I remember, so I was originally bartending. And when I was studying for the Cicerone stuff, I was bartending. And the number of times that I would be behind the bar by myself, you know, just busy but like not unapproachable. And there'd be somebody at the bar, this guy at the bar drinking a beer, real quiet, no question, didn't want to talk or anything. And then you know, I'd have a co-worker who looks more beard knowledgeable, you know, a.k.a. A, a white man with a beard would yeah, come behind yeah, the bar. Yeah. And all of a sudden, this person, the, this guy at the bar would be super talkative, like, hey, can you tell me more about this beer? Like, what hops are in it? What, like, what yeast did they use? And my buddy Kyle, uh, who's, he's over at CraftBird now, he would, he would just turn and go, I don't fucking know. Alicia, what, what's in this really? beer? Oh my
3: God! And then
0: the guy like, Uh Kyle's my guy.
2: (laughs) Like, I was standing right here the whole time. You could have asked, but you waited till Kyle got here. Um, so just like little things like that, that they're incredibly frustrating. Of just you know from the get go, assuming that you know I'm just the pretty face there to pour your beer and not know what what on earth is in that glass. And yeah, it's incredibly
1: frustrating. like i know you don't have to explain to me i you definitely get mansplained and Mm. sometimes um while you're not looking for it they drop a couple gems and so you're like okay i'll take it but some people are saying some of the most basic shit and i'm like bro i i do this i know this (laughs) i took the test no
3: more than you
1: blair did you say your inspiration yeah, I was just, I, I kind of kicked this off. Oh, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm tripping. The I did, yeah. the beer is kicking in because she was actually. saying, like, the road to 100 people. Yeah. So I was like, how do we get more women involved?
0: i actually so glad you asked that because that was one of my questions I had on my note, notes. It's like, how you can you get women involved? What can pink boots do in terms of HR and getting something, initiative started from that?
1: Shit, pink boots craft beer girls uh barley's angels they got a couple of women's groups out here craft women connect that are specifically geared towards women and i know that there Money are some enough. things so i'm curious you know what do, what do y'all feel like the industry needs from a women's perspective to make it more enticing
0: hold on let me get my notebook
1: sorry <laughs> no.
4: We're recording. You're good. Plenty of women that, you know, like ourselves here, that like craft beer and want to be involved and might just be like a little intimidated. I know I was myself, you know, too, in the beginning. So I think part of it is just, you know, us that are in the industry continuing to pull other women up and continuing to, you know, give other women opportunities. But beyond that, it has, I think it's like a shift in the industry overall like, mm-hmm. and the men in the industry, you know, making space for women to be there and just like acknowledging, you know, our presence, our knowledge, and, you know, we're just as capable of not more of doing all these same things. So I think it's also the industry not counting us out.
0: So, I guess, like, my follow-up question, I just thought of in mentioning that, uh, what you were talking about, is just, like, so does the responsibility fall more on men making that space or women to continue just to stay steadfast and getting what they need? So, like, which one, how does that fall? It's like, how does that percentage fall? 50-50? 60-40? 70-30? 70-30, 80-20,
1: 90-10, 95-5, (laughs) 98-2,
0: 70 30, 80, 20, 90, 10, 95, 5, 98, 2. <laughs> you know, what's the what's the perfect ratio for that for that to be actually successful and you see measurable uh results?
4: I mean, if we don't even get the chance, then we can even show, you know, what we know. So I I mean, I think it's a combination of both, but I I definitely think it's you know, the people that are already dominating and in the industry, um, you know, making that space for women to be there.
2: I don't yeah, know. I mean, I mean I'd, I'd say the hardest part for me was just getting in the, the damn industry in the first place. Like, you know, I wanted to be, I was a home brewer, but there's, I mean, there's so many home brewers these days. Uh, everybody, you know, it's brewing is the, the job that sounds so fun and so cool. In the hypothetical sense, and then little do you know when you get there, it's I mean it's a hard like it's, it's hard work. Um, it's a warehouse job, like it's legit, <laughs> like a <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean like it, you know, in terms of like the government, it gets it it's kind of paired in there with like heating and cooling and factory work. I mean, it's you're basically working with heavy machinery all day, mm-hmm. um, but you know just getting into the industry was the hardest part of trying to get people to take you seriously that I'm not just some, you know, want to be Like I work ethic is, I would say probably 80 to 90% of the job is just showing up and working hard every day. You know, yes, you need to know how to make a recipe. Yes. You need to know what you're doing with hops and yeast and all this other stuff. But if you show up and work hard, you can make it as a brewer. And just, you know, having people who are willing to give you a chance and, um, don't just immediately write you off because of your gender or because you're inexperienced, because, you know, I would have loved to have gone to a fermentation science program in school, but, you know, school's expensive. Uh, not everybody, like it wasn't available to me. Um, after already going for my first bachelor's, like I, I couldn't afford to go for another four years of school. Right. You wouldn't have been uh, you already spent
1: two. Right.
2: Yeah, I, I spent enough. <laughs> you, <laughs> you were waiting for the goddamn degree. <laughs> yeah.
0: Most people are like, still paying off freshman year, not even uh, pretty yeah.
2: <laughs> Yep. No, and you know, you have people that went to Belmont for like art or, you know, music business. And it's like, well, it's not like that got you a job. I don't know what you're doing to pay off those bills, man. But uh, anyways, um, so, yeah, it's trying to get somebody to, you know, take you seriously is the hardest
1: part. To your question, Kramer, it really boils down to men making space um, because we have to have that opportunity. Right now, they are the dominant species. (laughs) They're the dominant people in the industry. And so in order for you to um, get in there, you need a man to say, I trust that this woman can. And if, you know, I trust that she can, but I'm also going to make sure that I step in and help her so she can. And once that woman gets the opportunity, that's where it comes in and says, okay, now I'm lifting up other women. I'm bringing other women in. But that woman still may not might not be in a decision making role. If she's a I mean, a hair brewer might be, but let's just say she's a brewer. They might ask for our input, but she's not making that final decision. The hair brewer, I don't know their level. So they might be able to make more, you know, decisions depending on the the structure of the, the brewery. So it's really those men making space, man. That's the that's
2: the important part. For yeah. No, definitely. I mean that's I'm gonna I'm gonna brag for a second. Like, I feel yeah, please, do. very very lucky to have landed where I did here at Black Abbey, just because. I mean, we make a lot of beer, but it's a, it's a small group. There's two of us. There's me, the assistant brewer, and then Ben, our head brewer, and we both brew report bread. up to our. He's a fantastic guy. Yeah. Um, we both report up to our brewmasters, and he's one of the owners, John, and it's. Because it's so tight-knit and small, and it's very collaborative that, you know, if I have an idea, I feel empowered to speak up and say what my idea is, say what my thoughts, thoughts are on, you know, how we should approach this brew or, you know, and, you know, they listen. And that's half the battle is just having somebody that allows you to speak up and say your, your thoughts. And it might be a shit idea. And don't tell me if it's a shit idea. But you know, at least have
1: better. That's right. Don't don't just tell me it's a shit idea and kick me to the curb. Like, all right, I don't want to if my ideas are coming out coming back with a shit, then tell me. Can I I be be better?
0: Like I'm gonna keep these shit ideas because I don't know (laughs) what it is or what it means to be better at this position or what I'm doing.
2: (laughs) Right. And and that's that's the conversation we have of like, okay, listen, I hear you that's not the way to go because of this, what do you think about this? And so it's, it's bouncing ideas back off of each other back and forth and knowing that I'll listen to them and they'll listen to me and that, you know, we both have respect for each other's ideas, but you know, we're both there to try and make the best beer possible and learn as we go, uh, which is incredibly empowering to be a part of. Um, And I know that's not most, you know, women or just, People on the lower end of brewing—that's not the typical uh, interactions that they have. It's usually, "Hey, go do this, and that's it, and don't fuck it up." yeah <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> so,
1: so Blair, you're starting a brewery with your team. How is that for you? How is, you know, it's kind of the—you're—you're you're not a brewer, right? Or would you be?
4: Eh? Oh, no, I'm not a brewer. Like it's all, yeah, no, it's
1: all good. <laughs> like a sis, but no, I'm not a brewer. Yeah, so you're more on the other side of the fence and or of the counter. And um, so how is that process going for you? And I'm gonna imagine because it's like cousin and family. It's a, it's not as you know you haven't experienced everything. But are you encountering any roadblocks?
4: You know, I mean, I think I'm I'm lucky in that sense of no, because I'm working with my husband and my cousin. So we are, you know, we're very collaborative.
1: We're very, you know. If you want to sleep on the sofa, you better get yourself together, hubby.
4: <laughs> we're talking about everything. We're talking about our bigger ideas and building recipes and all that together, because we are just starting. So I do definitely feel, you know, blessed in that sense of, you know, it's it's our, it's a very, we're just starting, so it's a very small team, and we all, you know, equally hear each other and share ideas in that
1: part. So, something you said that um, I think was really dope is you all are naming beers after the women in your family. So, where did that come from?
4: You know, um, story time super quick is, you know,
1: Yeah, no, please.
4: Um, we, like, Came up with the idea for the brewery, like I said, like almost 10 years ago now. And it was actually, um, you know, after my grandmother's funeral, like our whole family, we were up in Ch- in Chicago. Um, my cousin was in town, you know, for the funeral and he had just kind of started homebrewing and he made his like first beer. It was a uh, grapefruit lager and brought it up you know for the family to try and you know we we were like we got a name in Helen we got to name it after our grandmother that just passed it just like it only felt right and so that was kind of where the idea you know we thought out the whole idea for a brewery then and you know kind of built off it from there and so that's where the naming convention started is we just like wanted to honor the women in our family. So we, you know, we like to say they poured into
1: us. So now we pour pints of them. Oh, that's, I like that. That's a bar right there. That was like a nice warm hug in that one. I felt like I felt your grandmother's hug and I don't even know her.
0: All right, she made me a plate and I'm gonna sit down and eat.
4: It's like our little way of, you know, paying homage to, you know, the wonderful, you know, women that have been in our lives and in our family. And so it's it's nice because, you know, every time we um, talk about a beer, it gives us a little bit of opportunity to talk about them, too. So
0: That's awesome. I love that. I'm very family oriented. Yeah. And I got like a family over everything tattoo on me. So I'm like... I always love a good family story or a family-oriented, like, experience from somebody. Yeah. So, I definitely got to check you guys out just on family stuff
1: on GP, so. I'm excited for you guys to try it. Uh, uh, a- yeah, no, I already feel like it's going to be good. How was the um, opening or the planning, the... Building, how is it going? Are you all going to have a brick and mortar when you open? Or? Yeah, that is the plan. Um, You know,
4: COVID, just like everybody else's mm-hmm. plan, it kind of messed, uh, changed our timeline a bit.
1: From there the- you go. It changed it. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going
4: to say it messed it up. It changed our timeline a, a little bit. So that's what kind of how we ended up focusing on these, like, collaborations right now because it's something that we can still do in a way to, you know, get our beer out there and learn from other people, and, you know, while this is still going on. But yes, our plans are to have a brick and mortar um, brewery um, in the south side of Chicago, particularly um, in the Bronzeville area. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, I know you guys aren't super familiar with Chicago, but there are yeah. a bunch of breweries in the chicago mm-hmm. area like i think over a 100 i love chicago
1: summertime, I, chicago, yes, summertime yes, chicago. I
0: haven't been yet i've been i'm actively been trying to like plan a trip for like six yes. years it just literally has never worked out
4: the in the summertime it's it's super nice but yeah so there's a bunch of breweries in chicago and in the chicagoland area but like none of them are in um, Chicago is a pretty segregated city, just a little Chicago history. So, like a lot of the south side of Chicago is predominantly Black um, residents that live there. And there's really not any breweries in that space, or there's not really, or there's not any currently. Um, black owned breweries in chicago out of like the like 150 that are here so That's usually uh, how it goes, yeah sure. so we're trying to you know meet a need for our community as well and bring a brewery to the south side because black people love beer too you know it's gonna have those you know opportunities and resources and places to go just like everywhere else so nice
1: Nice. Well, I, I just want to take us out on like one question, on, um, unless Kramer has something. So this will be on my one question, at least. What is it that you're looking forward to in the industry post pandemic? And I mean, I guess it can be women related, but it really is just I'm asking women <laughs> what they're looking forward to. That's really the women connection here.
0: So. I piggyback on to that question. Yeah. And just you like
1: can make the essay question. No, I'm just
0: kidding. Probably a little bit. Um, <laughs> kind of expect that. But like, just <laughs> just beyond that, it's just like, how can someone like me, like a man in this industry that enjoys this beer, that's pretty much it's catered to me. Like, how can I keep that avenue open for women? Like, what can I do as an individual to hopefully influence other men down the line to help out in the craft beer industry for women for you guys to be successful because honestly most of the information i ever gotten from women and <laughs> understand the industry has been from women so it's like how can they get that information like i did from like what can i do to make sure the information gets out properly i guess
4: yeah i mean i would say Ashani, sure. your question i think i'm just really looking forward to you know, just going back to bars and meeting and drinking with people and the social aspect of, Word. you know, um, the, you know, craft brewery and scene. It, it's different to go and sit in a bar and order, uh, you know, a beer off uh, their draft system than it is to, like, go and pick up and go home. So <laughs> I am just, like, look, I'm really looking forward just, like, to that social aspect of, um, of you know, of craft beer and stuff like that and then I'm just looking forward to like just personally with Turner House Brewery like us being really able to you know hit the scene like we had so many plans for like events that we were going to pour at and like beer festivals and summer festivals and all that stuff that to really be able to get ourselves out there that we didn't have an opportunity to do because of the pandemic so I'm looking forward to that and then Kramer I think in regards to your question I mean I think it's a a number of things that I think like one thing is you know when you are aware of women in the industry just supporting them and lifting them up drinking Alicia's beer telling people to go drink beer brewed by you know women so it's supported and, and knowledge and then I think also just you know not counting out the women in the beer industry that you see I don't think you do that personally but I'm just saying like in that in that space so like Alicia gave that story of She's at the bar and no one's even asking her a question because I don't think she has the knowledge. Like, you know, don't count her out and talk to your um,
1: you know. Oh, friends. ask her the question. I mean, if yeah. nothing else, ask it respectfully. Right. But, you know, and don't like try to quiz her, but have that conversation with, you know. Yeah. yeah don't shut her out because she's a woman in there and assume that she's not
4: knowledgeable because that's not the case. But like you said, you got most of your knowledge from women, so you know, we'd be knowing
0: the answers. That's why I'm here now. They keep me together. (laughs) Like, like they keep me together. That's how I was able to get through life, for the most part. So, (laughs) I can't, like, I don't forget. But, yeah, I do try. That's why my second beer was from Jackalope. Shout out to Bailey, over there, who's the owner of um, Jackalope. I have their uh, Abominable Snowman, which is just an imperial stout, real quick. So, they make delicious stuff. Um, they tell you to drink legendary, and when you have their stuff, you do feel like a legend. That
1: Fenario is one of my favorite IPAs. Strong, piney. It's this
0: is cool. a snowman. Thank you, Jack Low. This is <laughs> this is my lane. Y'all spoke to me on this one, but yeah, Alicia, just kind of the same questions uh, to you as well.
2: Yeah. No. Um. I also agree, uh, Jack Low. Brings me life. The Thunder Ann has been really my jam here recently on the okay. paleo kind of hoppy, hoppy side. Uh, just throw that out there. But, um, and also another company that hires a bunch of women. They've got, a uh, Andrea is the head of their canning operation and he, like all their tap room managers are women, like really empowering and give a lot of space to women in the industry. Uh, so they're a great company. Um, but, uh, No, in terms of trying to continue to, you know, lift up women in the industry and, um, you know, just, you know, just listen and look for, look for companies that are actively, you know, hiring women and uh, putting them up front and present. And, you know, there is, there's a brewery out in Colorado called Lady Justice that's female owned. And I remember... Beginning of March, they put out a tweet or not a tweet on Instagram, something that like had me like, I was just like fist pumping. I was like, Yes, they were like, Watch out for the breweries that are brewing, you know, women's month beers, but they have no women in their brew house. Mm. Breweries, I saw that. Breweries, yes. You know, doing diversity beers, but yet there is not a single shred of diversity in their staff. Mm-hmm. like just being just being aware of these places that you know they they talk the talk but they don't walk the walk and calling them out and making them be accountable is just is step one and then you know continuing to not only educate ourselves but bringing people along with us and trying to get you know from you know somebody that walks into the tap room for the first time has no idea about craft beer to You know, take the second to talk with them and not just try and rush them to make a decision and get them out of your way so you can help the next customer. But to actually take time to communicate and try and educate as much as you can. I think that's every every single person counts in trying to continue to open up craft beer to everybody.
1: Yeah. Creating those relationships what's going to be important. If a woman, especially for women, like if you if she feels comfortable coming into your space and um, respect it and also like learn something and like you're just, it's going to become the spot, you know, the word of mouth travels. And I'm going to tell you these women beer groups be Mm popping. The conversations like in there are great um, if if it's a a very um, woman centered or woman supported type brewery. It gets acknowledged, and then I just always like to shout out women. The women's beer trades so much better than men trading with men. You get stickers, you get handwritten notes, dude. I'm like, oh, I gotta step. I've been, I learned from guys. I'm like, nah, I gotta. don't
0: overrate <laughs> go
1: overrated. Uh, <laughs> I got my touch just a little bit, you know. <laughs>
0: Uh, it'd be like that yeah like I, I believe that we are overrated in a lot of aspects, especially when it's in like sending stuff to people. no, we just send you what you ask for
1: that's it. yeah, that's it. okay I, I did I'm sorry I just thought of this real quick. women um, fruity beers with women like that a lot of a lot of I feel like there's a little bit of truth to it that a lot of women like fruity beers or fruity drinks. That doesn't necessarily mean, mean they'll like fruity beers, but you think that because they like these fruity drinks or fruity cocktails, that they're going to come in like in um, fruity beers. Do you all think like a, do you all know a lot of women who drink fruity beers? I mean, and I'm talking about, you know, like sours, the you know, fruited. I mean, I think I do know
4: women that drink like sours beers but also like a lot of other stuff too (laughs) you know like I I think to assume that that's the, and I think places do do that you know they assume like oh Oh, we're making this fruited sour for women to have something to drink but I know plenty of women that you know will also (laughs) drink a stout or a triple or anything else so really anything yeah. yeah. From, you can get fruity
1: notes out of a lot of stuff.
2: Exactly. Definitely. Yeah. So, I mean, you know that's kind of the same. Just like I know just as many women and just as many men that you know are all about the triple fruited like it's basically when you pour it into a glass it looks like fruit juice. Yeah. I'm like it's like this is not this this is not beer. Yeah. Like yeah. come on. It's, and it's 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 50/50 on that. I, I I see just as many women like you said that are Pouring down stouts, enjoying, um, you know, triple IPAs that are like super dank West Coast IPAs. Um, I think it's That's just, easy. yes, same. And the hobby the better. I am all in. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think when it gets into that, it's, I think it's less gender. I think it's more of just, you know, people who are still finding their way in craft beer and people who have found you know the hoppier stuff the uh more traditional craft beer kind of stuff
4: yeah i would agree i just feel like most people starting or trying craft beer in general like tend to start with something less happy something a little more
2: fruity as they find their way so
3: yes
4: I mean,
2: and then we, we help them find their way to all the other stuff all the other styles out there in the world
0: bring them the happiness to full enlightened yes. happiness. That's what, that's what we're here for. We're <laughs> the commons of the beer world. Yes. But it's like, it's been amazing having you guys only on here uh just talking about how craft beer and women and that's like one of the greatest combinations ever. Um, but like how can people keep up with your next beer you're gonna brew, Alicia, and when uh Turner House opens up? Uh, how can people keep up with you guys on social media and things like that?
1: Or any closing remarks you wanted to add? (laughs) That too.
4: (laughs) Uh, I mean, we're Turner House Brewery on all social media. House is spelled H A U L H A U S the German way. Um, So yeah, that's the the latest way. And then I mean, my personal um, social media is Brunch bruise Bites. But yeah, that's the best way to keep up. If you're in the Chicago land area, you know, look out for us opening sometimes soon. And even the Nashville area, like I said, we have we have family in Nashville and roots to Nashville, so we we love Nashville just as much as Chicago and are always uh, there and doing partnerships there too. So, do
1: y'all have a certain style that you brew because um, house H A U S is a little German. Are y'all gonna do like? Yeah.
4: You know, we <laughs> are we still
1: at H A U S, but we
4: actually really all enjoy uh, Belgian style beers. And okay, so we tend to uh, focus that way. Okay, lots and triples. So we brew what we like to drink. That's so. it. That's
2: all
4: you got
0: to do. That's that's real. <laughs>
2: Alicia, yeah. <what> about you? <laughs> no, I mean we're the same way here, at Black Abbey. It's I mean we're one of the only breweries in town that have both an American ale yeast and a Belgian uh, ale or Belgian ale yeast as our house yeast. Uh, Love a good Belgian ale. Um, Something a little bit different, a little funky. Um, But no, so, you know, we're, you know, Instagram at Black Abbey Brew. Uh, We also have an Instagram if you're specifically wanting to keep up with what's going on in the tap room, Black Abbey tap room. Um, We're a little out of the way. We're uh, down uh, in the design district of Nashville, which is kind of the South Nashville, Berry Hill area. Um, but, you know, once you get out there, it's once you get out here to see us, it's it's a good time. Um,
1: the Golden Monkey. Ro- no, maybe. What's that restaurant that we went to? That was that food was delicious. Oh, yeah.
2: Um, Coffee shop. Oh, yeah. Golden Hour. No. Golden. I'm stay a spot. Golden.
0: I'm this stay
2: golden, I think it's stay golden. So they got them, and we've got, um, if you go a little bit further towards Nolansville uh, our good friends at Rosie's Twin Kegs. It is the best burgers and tater tots you will ever have in your life. Um, they, uh, they hooked us up with some uh, some amazing corned beef and cabbage on St. Patty's Day last week. Um, and then, yeah, if you uh, if you uh, like behind-the-scenes beer stuff or if you like dogs, you can follow me personally, uh, alicia.d.33. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the best way to keep up with with all of us over here, Black Abbey. Well, we appreciate y'all
1: joining us and and drinking some beer. Um, we will uh, like we will continue following you all and and definitely um, cheering you on and rooting for you because you know women rule, men rule. Is that like the little rascals or something? I don't know. Anyway, I don't
0: like that, but it's not wrong.
1: <laughs> but uh y'all have a great night. Thanks for tuning in. Y'all make sure y'all check these ladies out. If you get your hands on a beer, let us know what you think. And y'all be easy. Peace. Put your glass to the Swig
0: Podcast and keep toasting. Uh. A it on. A it. Yeah.